and welcome back to Conscious Founders. I'm your host, Xander Ford. Today is the third of a three-part series covering the vocabulary of how to program the mind. Today we're going to cover a fun one. This is a fun one with much more uh, recent buzzwords and talk about hypnosis. We'll also talk about inputs and outputs. So it's the second part of the program, which is how to modify the program. And also the last two categories of the vocabulary, the inputs and the outputs. So without further ado, here is how to modify the program. And we'll start off with words uh, that are sort of some of them are buzzwords. And then some of them are uh, frameworks for understanding some of the older methods of modifying um, one's belief structure used by some of the dominant religions, um, traditions, and I'll start out with the more uh, modern Western terms that are on the forefront of neuroscience, gaming, and um, then I will move into the less known but very powerful world of hypnosis. And from there, I will go on to wrap up with some of the inputs and outputs section of the framework. Okay, up first, we've got agency. Great buzzword used across the virtual reality uh, community, agency, agency, agency. Uh, When I first uh, heard the word agency, I thought of like the agents in the matrix, all wearing the uh, the (laughs) dark glasses. But in fact, agency is the ability to interact and have control or a sense of control over one's environment. Agency is the belief that one has a say in how things turn out, a sense of control. Agency is super important for humans. In order for humans to feel safe, which is a foundation for health, um, oftentimes humans need to feel a sense of belonging and the ability to create. So if humans cannot modify their existing situation or contribute to an existing situation some way, then they feel like they don't have a sense of control, at least in our culture, and therefore they can become fearful, and fear is the root of all illness. Okay, next up we've got emotion. Emotion is the learned physiological response to internal or external stimuli. That is a pretty mechanical way of looking at emotion. Emotion is a named sensation which... Uh, Many humans frequently believe they have no direction over or impact on. That is, many humans believe that they don't actually have any agency when it comes to their emotions, which I hope to help you and others understand you actually do. Okay, neuroplasticity. Neuroplasticity is a really new term. It used to be believed that the brain was kind of like cooked. You put it in the oven, and then by the time you're 17, 18, it's done. It's baked. You can't change it. But now uh, neuroplasticity has arrived back on the scene. And hey, maybe we can teach an old dog new tricks. 
Neuroplasticity is the science of how the brain and mind are moldable and shapeable across an organism's entire lifetime. That is, the brain and the corresponding behaviors are not locked down, but that old dog can learn new tricks, and there are tricks to teaching the old dog tricks. So neuroplasticity studies how the brain learns and shapes connections as it ages, and it learns novel concepts and information. Okay, mirror neurons are... It's a term, really, there aren't specific mirror neurons, but there might be a cluster or pathways of neural associations which um, are assumed to be responsible for mimicry. So fun stories about animals looking at each other and animals like monkeys looking at humans and doing things that humans will do, especially younger animals tend to have high degrees of neuroplasticity. They're fearless. They're interested. They're curious. They're going to go up and and try to uh, mimic uh, what other animals do. It's one of the best ways uh, that animals have learned to propagate and survive and it's sometimes just really fun to watch animals learn from other animals especially um especially as they're young it's just really fun so mirror neurons are one of the ways that humans um, learn to mimic other humans and they can be really useful in um when we decide that we have a habit or a pattern of thought or a pattern of action which is causing a lot of discomfort, mirror neurons can then be employed or the concept of mirror neurons can be employed to retrain a human's thought or um, sense of self or self-image and uh, really powerful stuff. Visualization is one of those tools used um, to employ mirror neurons for uh, human health. Okay. Next up, we've got gamification, the process of using challenges, levels, curiosity, and rewards to guide user behavior to specific outcomes. So one can um, gamify just about anything, and it just means using the basic uh, human condition of um, desire and reward to uh, stimulate specific Actions and plenty of advertisers have been doing this for a long time. Um, it's fun to see these concepts being explored and employed in um, software specifically for mental health. I'm super excited about using uh, game mechanics for mental health. Ah, game mechanics, good next word. Game mechanics are the specific procedures and methods used to guide users using gamification. So if that isn't tautological, I do not know what is. Reward system, reward systems, okay. Reward systems are an established method of inducing a subject, user, or person to believe they're on a path that makes them feel good, often with the release of certain neurotransmitters associated with feeling good. Next definition is play. Play is a state of curiosity where a human is actively engaging with content or other humans to create 
challenge, and generally enjoy themselves. In neuroplasticity, play is an area where novel application of knowledge can be applied and therefore valued and remembered more deeply. Play is a great way of integrating new knowledge. Uh, I practice martial arts and I love taking my martial arts to the dance floor. It's one of the best ways I learn how to use the mechanics in a way that feels fun and freeform. And play is just such a great uh, word, great concept, and one of the best parts of life, I think. Okay, next up, we've got a love. Love is a word our culture typically applies to romance, and it's a state of openness which can really enable learning to happen. Um, it's uh, when one falls in love, they're really open to new ideas. Uh, they're not feeling so restricted. They feel a sense of expansion. Great place to drop in. Neural programming. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, another state that opens up the, um, pops the lid off the program and enables um, modification is fear. A state of emotional and physiological being often associated with anxiety, insomnia, physical constriction when it's prolonged. Fear is one of the ways humans can be programmed hypnotically. Now, fear is like, as a temporary response, really, really valuable, uh, life-saving. Most of the time, humans don't necessarily need to be in fear. What happens is sometimes we have uh, an experience that it causes a fear response, meaning our, our um, blood vessels start to constrict, our pulse increases, maybe we squirt out some adrenaline, maybe our pupils dilate, really helpful for survival. And in most animals, that will resolve itself back to a resting state within about 90 seconds. But in humans, because we're capable of prolonging thought in abstract form, sometimes fear can take on uh, this uh, monstrous quality and we begin to relive those experiences over and over creating the same physiological responses which then reinforce that thought structure really powerful stuff um, fear is one of the ways that um, large governments corporations uh, fascist organizations can uh, be used to convince large populations of people to do certain things. Okay, that wraps up the um, modification of the program section with regards to the more modern neural programming uh, techniques and on to the hypnosis and or trance induction section. So hypnosis is a set of methods intentionally employed in a guided session to induce specific states of consciousness by systematically shutting down or taking offline various cognitive systems, such as rational thought, vision, motor movement, etc. Hypnosis is often employed to help humans remove, reprogram harmful, uncomfortable, or obsessive beliefs. Really interesting hypnosis. There's a whole um, industry dedicated to hypnosis, and it can be a very powerful healing tool. It can also be a tool used uh, maliciously by uh, other, mm, maybe 
humans or organizations that don't have the individual's best interests in mind necessarily. Okay, suggestibility test in hypnosis speak is a test sequence employed by a hypnotist to determine if specific hypnosis methods will disable intended cognitive functions within the subject. Oftentimes, hypnotists will use metaphor to help a subject um, relate at a very deep level a new set of beliefs. So a metaphor is a story, an allegory, or a concept used to describe another story or experience. Oftentimes, metaphors um, require a cognitive leap that is um, an association between one concept and another to make that connection, which the process of taking that leap actually burns in the program deeper because it requires thought. Okay, metaphors are frequently used to apply a root or foundational cognitive object to a set of experiences and cognitive processes. That sounds really dry. I'd love to describe that a little bit further, and I will later. Suggestion. In hypnosis, a suggestion is a programmatic association of cognitive objects intended to become real for the subject. So a suggestion is, hey, why don't you take out the laundry? Well, if you're under a hypnotic spell, uh, you might uh, say, oh, why don't I take out the laundry? Um, If you're not, you might be like, I don't want to take the laundry out. But in hypnosis, a suggestion is a simple way um, that enables the user to believe they have choice, but they actually are going to choose the suggestion that the hypnotist gives. Either they'll choose it then, or they will choose to believe the suggestion is real and valid later upon um, being released from their hypnosis. Oftentimes, suggestions are really simple uh, to use as programming tools, suggestions, Um, The secret to using a suggestion as a programming tool is the repetition. Advertisers know it. uh, Your mom knows it. Everyone knows that repetition is the mother of programming or genius. Uh, Repetition of a suggestion um, enables subjects to believe that the suggestion is true. I'll say that again. Repetition of a suggestion enables users to believe that the suggestion is true. Repetition of a suggestion enables subjects to believe that the suggestion is true. Epigenetics. Epigenetics is the belief and study of how thoughts and external stimuli can turn on dormant genes. More specifically, It's the belief that a new experience, a thought, or an emotion can regulate whether a gene expresses itself as a protein or a system of proteins, thus impacting the organisms like, yeah, you or me, uh, physiological composition. Really helpful. Epigenetics is now being more and more accepted. Uh, My study of biochemistry and biology uh, has also shown me that um, this actually makes a lot of sense. You know, we've got all this genetic material, the blueprints to build stuff within our body. And hey, if we need it, it's there. Hey, I need to build a laser taser. 
Okay, great. I have the I have the code. I have the building materials. Let's build it. Super amazing, super powerful. Um, that thought can be a tool to program genetic expression. Okay, cultural epistemology. This is the study of how cultures have evolved to hold certain belief structures, customs, and habits of operation over time. It's fun to watch how different cultures have different facial features. They might have different um, exhibits of physiological symptoms or physiological expressions. And um, it's fun to watch how cultures and their physiological expression changes over time. Slight digression, but cultural epistemology. Okay, concept, the programmatic mind. This is the belief that a mind can be programmed like a computer to run certain programs. It's what we are talking about now. Cognitive object is an object, a thought, a symbol, a concept, a process, etc. in the mind. Also, one might think of it as a variable. It's a container, a bucket. It can be composed of multiple objects and or processes. Cognitive object is a great way to think about thought, about mind, about structure from my perspective because it can be visualized and because humans have such a strong uh, interface with our environment via the visual sense, it's really wonderful to put things into visual terms. A cognitive process is an association of two or more cognitive objects in relationship to one another. A cognitive loop is a specific association of two or more cognitive objects, which is circular. Uh, It's also known as a feedback loop. Okay, neuroplasticity states, I talked about earlier that play and love and fear are some states of emotion which open us up to greater learning. Um, Neuroplasticity states are states of flexibility for neural programming. It's an evolving term and one that assumes the brain and mind are more open to receiving programming or new cognitive associations at certain states, physiologically measurable states. Um, Current research shows uh, there are four states that open a human up to being programmable. Those are trance, love, play, and fear. Basically, humans are more receptive to deeper programming when defenses are massively up, defenses are completely deactivated, or massively down. Okay, entrainment, we talked about earlier with the brainwaves. Um, Entrainment research shows that brainwave states are trainable, and certain audio frequencies, such as binaural beats, entrain brainwaves, as do thought patterns. Um, internal, external stimuli, meditation, and hypnosis. Coherence is the state of brain waves in harmony. That is when multiple regions of the brain are exhibiting the same frequency of brain waves. Um, it's often coherence is related to focus or trance-like and/or euphoric states of being. Integration, in terms of Psychological speak, mental health integration is the process of assimilating new information, experiences, and belief structures into the older or previously held beliefs or worldview. And that wraps up the 
section on how to modify the program. Now, it's, this is really the focus of a lot of my interest, how to modify the program. Um, this section will most definitely be expanding on my website, and we can expect to uh, hear another uh, podcast related to this. Okay, next up, um, we're going to talk about outputs and inputs. So a biological output is um, also can be measured, and when it's measured, it's called a biometric. So a biometric is a measurement of life data, usually referred to as a vital sign on humans, and it's in the context of monitoring human health. Uh, some um, helpful biometric um, measurements here are galvanic skin response. It's also known as um, electrodermal activity, and things like EKGs, EEGs fall into this. Um, uh, this is the general principle that um, biosensing devices use to collect information on how the body is functioning. Uh, according to the skin's conductance. Ah, great word, conductance. Conductance is the degree to which electricity can pass from one location to another across a conducting substrate, like skin. EKG, also known as the electrocardiogram, it measures heart rate using electrical signals. EEG, electroencephalogram, uh, cephalo meaning head, this device measures brainwave activity based on electrical signals available. And eye tracking. Eye tracking is a fascinating development, especially in the virtual reality realm, where it can be used to track where the eyes are focusing on in a virtual environment and then mapping that information to the computer program. For example, uh, um, a computer program can render in high definition only the area that a user is looking at in a three-dimensional virtual environment, and that cuts way down on the processor load uh, of a computer, which means that you can have sharper images and better graphics and physics in a program with um, a fraction of the processor's cost uh, associated. Another application is the analysis of what a user might be interested in. And in hacking, one can monitor a user's eye movements who is successful at completing a certain task, such as completing a video game, um, in training that sequence of brainwaves, and then prompt another user to have the same eye tracking pattern. The user will then have a higher probability of the same or similar outcomes as the other user. That is, that just by modifying a user's eye movements, one can modify the outcome of that user's thoughts. Fascinating connection. Okay, other biological inputs. Uh, so those are the um, those are some of the output measurements. Some of the and there are many many more. Uh, I'm just listing these for convenience. Some of the inputs, the five senses. Um, so in the five senses, we've got sight, smell, taste, touch, and hearing. Um, some of the ones that we're most, uh, most used to experiencing are hearing and vision. Those are the things that we currently interface with computers the most. Uh, some of the other things that are coming on board, smells, taste, and touch. 
Uh, within the hearing category, we've got um, words, sounds, um, and uh, and within those, we've got. I uh, won't go too deep into the rabbit hole on word senses, letters, and the structure of linguistics. Within sounds, we've got sonic therapy, which is the use of sound and or vibration to produce states of healing, often associated with sound healing. We also have binaural beats is a sequence of sounds often put into music, which can entrain brainwaves to elicit certain states such as gamma, alpha, theta, beta, etc. Okay, and in the realm of sight, we have different color spectra that can be used to induce uh, different thoughts, patterns, and activities. And um, it's interesting, sometimes just looking at the color red can make a person feel hot, for example, or looking at the color blue can make a a person feel colder. Um, Really fascinating um, psychology there and really applicable uh, to modifying the human being's response. Okay, on the realm of um, less commonly known tools, we've got transcranial magnetic stimulation and transcranial stimulation. So trans, I'll start with transcranial stimulation. It is the process of emitting electrical current across the cranium. It's often used in conjunction with galvanic skin response. This procedure can be used to entrain certain brainwave functions activate or deactivate various parts of the brain. With transcranial magnetic stimulation, it's the process of emitting a magnetic pulse around the cranium, and this pulse is directed into the brain at specific regions. It can be used to stimulate or shut down various regions of the brain, for example, the sensory or motor cortex regions, which can cause involuntary or voluntary, depending, uh, motion, or senses on subjects. Kind of like when the doctor taps you on your knee and you have a big kick, uh, but a little different because the doctor is shooting magnetic pulse into your brain, uh, or the machine is, not necessarily a doctor. The magnet um, will tap your brain and your nervous system responds with a certain output like a click or uh, the pulling of a finger, which is really fascinating. Okay, moving on. couple other terms. One is synthetic biology. This is a field that's emerging, um, not so new. Modifying uh, genomes has been around for a while. I did it at UC Berkeley. I worked in a lab for a year um, modifying DNA, and that was a really eye-opening experience. Um, So it's the field of creating or modifying biological systems, either using simple molecules or existing life structures. The last term I will leave you with is this term, digiceuticals. Digiceuticals are like pharmaceuticals, except they are technology prescriptions. So a digiceutical is a software or a game which is believed to alter neurochemistry and behavior in a lasting and meaningful way. Ideally, digiceuticals will be used for therapeutic uses. That is my hope. Ah, Thank you for listening to the semantics section of Conscious Founders. Thank you so much for being a dedicated listener. And I hope you have a wonderful, healthy week. Enjoy 
Take care. Happy holidays. Bye-bye.